You're listening to Stage Dives, the flagship podcast by smackmedia.ca. Normally, we break down our favorite bands, artists, rappers, and their concerts that have come into town Toronto. Other times, like today, we talk about the entertainment and pop culture worlds. On our website and social media channels, we take care of both daily. Visit our website and social media pages at Smack Media or Smack underscore tweets. Shout out Elon. <laughs> hey, if you want to read something cool, check out our interview with DJ Four Corners, the official DJ for the Toronto Raptors. We talked about what he's been up to and what it's like to DJ for 18,000 Raptor fans in high anxiety scenarios. He told us an awesome story about Chris Chelios' uh, Hall of Fame party at Wayne Gretzky's restaurant back in 2013. Today, I've got my good friend and partner, Ian Pickett, here to talk sports, the NBA, and HBO's winning time, plus why the Lakers suck so hard in 2022. Listen to the end to hear us compare NBA All-Stars to characters in succession. You're listening to Stage Dives. Welcome to Stage Dives, ladies and gentlemen. Normally, we're here talking about concerts and live events that hit the city. Today, we've got something different, a bait special. Now, when I was growing up, people would often seem surprised, if not disgusted, by the amount of catalog-esque knowledge I'd have of things like the Academy Awards, music genre movements, quotes from TV shows, and stories from the blogosphere. They'd ask, how the hell do you know that? And I'd respond, it's easy. If you love it, you read about it, you watch it, you know it. My closest friend, Ian Pickett, would ask me this question all the time and shake his head in bewilderment at the weird encyclopedic encyclopedic facts that I'd, and stats that I'd carry. However, the better I got to know him, the more I realized how similarly wide his knowledge of Major League Sports was to mine of film, TV, and music. For every Oscar year, I knew he could tell me it's Super Bowl champion. For every adultery scandal, he had a steroid story. For every H- original HBO series, he had a conference final. For every quintessential album, he would have an iconic starting lineup. It would be difficult and still is difficult to surprise me if I ever meet someone who had the same close interest in pop culture and entertainment. However, for the worlds we were less familiar with, we never ceased to surprise each other with, frankly, how big of nerds we were for the stuff we'd like to watch. His knowledge extends basketball, baseball, football, hockey, tennis, golf, fights. He's accumulated years of watching, reading, studying, and the past couple of years, a bit of writing about sports as well. Everything I know about sports is from this guy, honestly. He's introduced me to 30 for 30, the ringer. He taught me the rules of basketball from all the 2K we played. Just don't play on any other team but the dream team when you're playing against this guy. (laughs) Together, we ran a blog called Zebra, which mixed vintage and current stories, videos, and photos. Today, he's on the pod to gab about the NBA and more specifically about one of our favorite shows, Streaming and Airing, the fabulous Adam McKay period comedy drama Winning Time. Ian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, buddy. It's, uh, It's good to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. How are, how are you? How's it going today? You ready? You ready to talk some sports? Hey, man, I'm excited. This is a, this is a first podcast, so you know, let's uh, let's do it. You're all about the pods, and yeah, you, you, I've been consuming pods for you know on and off for eight years nonstop. So, yeah, uh, yeah, this is this is a big I, moment. I can't, like, what's your balance of listening to podcasts versus listening to music? Eighty twenty. Oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. What, Bo- what do you border, borderline unhealthy to the point where I don't even search out new music anymore. It's like you just you go back to the hits, you know. So hundred percent, hundred percent. Let's start with winning time. All right, a, a show whose ratings have increased every week since its premiere on March sixth, which means word of mouth is strong. Winning Time follows the 1979 to 1980 Lakers through the microscope of a very different NBA than the one we know now, operationally and culturally. Stars John C. Riley as Dr. Buss, Jason Clark as Jerry West, and newcomer Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson, among other movie stars. The show is visual dynamite. Imagine a rock biopic, but about retro basketball, where notable pop figures come in and out and fans get to dish out on big-time celebrity stars doing their best portrayals of real-world icons. Is it accurate? Eh, we'll get to that. Is it fun? Fuck yeah. Don't know much about ball? No problem. With the Lakers at the center of Hollywood culture, we also get versions of Jack Nicholson, Paula Abdul, Bill Cosby, the the Playboy Mansion, and my personal favorite, Richard Pryor, played by Mike Epps. Uh, So, Ian, you you live and breathe basketball, hoops history, NBA news, NBA Twitter. You gamble on games. You probably have the biggest knowledge of the NBA that I know outside of anybody from Toronto who just – care about the Raptors and whatnot what do you think of uh winning time what's your what's your take on overall winning time has been uh, like a roaring success like I I I front to back as soon as I heard about the series I was I was excited I was I was kind of ready to jump in um obviously you know that the the show is obviously it has its factual errors and um, kind of things that they've decided to look over for entertainment purposes. But my my overall enjoyment of the show has trumped all of that, um, and I and I think I've been able to kind of just keep it in a vacuum for for what it is. Um, I I mean the big thing that I like is it's kind of like a timepiece for the '80s in LA, um, and we get we get to kind of see costumes, sets, uh, the way people talked, celebrity lifestyle in the '80s, um, in in a time when especially with the NBA, which we're, we're you're kind of learning about as you watch the show that the post '70s uh, NBA was was kind of a cleanup time for the NBA, um, and that the '70s was known as kind of like the cocaine league. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a lot of cocaine running through the league. Guys were dying. Uh, it was it was just it was a big problem. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a fun watch, and yeah, I've I've really enjoyed it. And not corporatized really either. Right, everybody running around in Chuck Taylors. <laughs> no, totally. Guys were flying coach. You know, now now it's like we see all these teams. They're all worth like minimum two billion. They all fly a private jet to each city when they jump around. They're going to Vegas strip clubs. They're living the good life. Like, yeah, guys were just living a different lifestyle. So it's it's cool to kind of see how how pro sports used to be. It's you know how popular baseball is, or how uh, like sort of a, much of a legacy sport baseball is. And you ask me, or you ask any like kind of non baseball viewer right now hey can you name a player in the mlb right now and we're kind of like oh <laughs> the japanese guy <laughs> is, is, is that kind of it was and was, was do you think the nba i know you weren't there but i know you you read up, up enough about it to know that like was the nba like that in the 70s where like the average person in america the average person in north america couldn't really tell you three to five players who were playing is it that small uh, maybe not to the same extent, but I, I think to the way baseball now is has become, and the the diehard baseball fans would tell you I'm crazy, but baseball I believe has become a bit of a niche sport in that it's very regional. If you're a Red Sox fan, if you're a Blue Jays fan, you're nuts about those teams, but you're probably not sitting around watching a White Sox game in July for four hours on your couch. It's just not happening. Um, so I think that the NBA was like that, and I mean a lot of that had to do with cable TV and that um, there weren't TV rights deals across the league. Um, 
so you couldn't like really ever get into a situation where if you lived in you know middle america or you were watching other teams games you were watching your local team and that was probably it so i i think that was probably the biggest thing in terms of the growth of the game and it was only until the 80s when obviously we learned bird and magic come along and david stern shows up where they really start to market and grow the league and then you start cutting tv deals and then obviously you know michael jordan comes along and nike gets involved and the league just kind of goes global at that point that's a big Part of the charm for the show, I believe, is just to be like, oh, man, this is actually what it was like back then, you know? And, like, Nike yeah. hadn't arrived yet, and Phil Knight's showing up. He's trying to hustle a pair of shoes. He's not, like, worth $24 billion and whatnot. Like, right. so Richard Pryor pulls out a, a, a rock of crack. I believe in one of the scenes. He's like, hey, it's crystallized. And, like, Spencer Haywood's kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> great, great performance by Wood Harris. Eh? Oh, I, 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 we were going to get to that in a bit, but I'm wondering, yeah. um, eh, maybe a little too old. The old, the old, the old player is like Wood Harris is like he was like 30 in the wire, which was 20 years ago, and now he's playing like who the fuck is that old in the NBA? Well, maybe that, all the cocaine maybe it ages you a little bit. Because <laughs> that pro athletes there, and they were partying, man. They were they were living a good life at that time. So, you know, wonder how it aged some of those guys. But yeah, I mean, Wood Harris is an old man at this point. So, what do you think about the basketball scenes in the show? Just to just kick it off, just because I have you here as this big sports fan, and that tends to be like the number one thing that sports fans do when they watch sports movies, sports TV shows. They go, "As ah, unrealistic, realistic? Do we like? Do we like how they're putting basketball on film in this in this show?" Yeah, I mean, I, I think aesthetically, like, the, the basketball scenes are good. Like, I enjoy the play. There's always going to be a limitation. Like, these guys obviously are not all six nine seven feet like they were in the NBA. So I think when they're dunking, they're probably dunking on, like, some eight-foot net. <laughs> and it's not, it's not full size. But overall, like, I enjoyed the basketball scenes. There's been obviously a lot of problems with, like, the factual. If you just go back and look at, like, you Google search the Lakers 79-80 season and all the losses that are in the episodes, they just those never just took place. So there's some, like, some factual problems with that. But the gameplay itself, alley-oops, everything, it looks good. It's, I'm, there's been a lot of, like, bad sports movies where it's just a lot of cutting and, you know, the, the ball flies out of his hand and all of a sudden the receiver's downfield with the ball flying into his hand and you don't get to see a whole lot of in-between. So they've done it. And we, like, for the research that, you know, I've done a little bit bit is um uh they were kicking ass in terms of like the pre I, you're the movie guy pre-production like kind of prep with all the guys that they were doing real basketball training and actually kind of working these guys out so that they yeah. didn't look like complete shit so canadian consultant rick fox yeah yeah canadian icon <laughs> who great actor good well yeah he got game <laughs> yeah he but showed up the, the guy who introduces ray allen to the porn stars <laughs> <laughs> yeah i forgot about that He's like, hey, come to play here. <laughs> this is where you want to be. Yeah. Um, at the basketball scenes, uh, I feel like there should be more of them. Like, isn't this like – I feel like like they we're getting a lot of basketball politics, a lot of basketball front office work. But like there have been episodes where they've been like, oh, huge game versus, I don't know, Philly, Detroit. There's going to be a really big game coming up. And then, like, we just flash forward two weeks, and it's like uh, Jack McKinney wakes up, and Jason Siegel's just like, "Oh yeah, that happened two weeks ago, Jack." I'm like, "Well, what the fuck? I want to see that. I want to." Yeah, see we got like we got like two alley oops, and the game's over, and it's like, "Well, what, yeah. what happened?" Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's tough. And I think the first couple episodes there was no basketball. Basically, like we got Magic playing pickup at some 
you know, Hollywood Hills party, and that was it. So I, I was honestly genuinely a little bored with the show until we got basketball, and then once once the basketball came in and it was good, it, that's when I got kind of pulled in because it was always kind of the carrot that I was almost chasing in every episode is when do I get to see the Showtime Lakers play basketball again, which – hasn't disappointed from from that angle it's always happens with hbo season one versus hbo season two uh they don't have the budget yet they don't really know if the show is gonna make it to season two so they're just kind of like ah we're gonna give them a limited budget and those scenes are like expensive to film because you got to convince you probably have to do a whole bunch of takes for one alley-oop one dunk because you got to convince everybody that these guys are able to do it they're professional actors they're not professional athletes right you got to convince everybody that you got a full forum that the forum is basically pretty much full, which means which you looks bring, great, right? You bring in basically eight thousand, nine thousand. I don't, I doubt it's that much. They just, I bet you, they move people around, but all, a whole bunch of extras. You got to feed them. You got to pay them. You got to pay them overtime if you need to pay them. You got to do multiple day shoots. Uh, if you look at something like Succession and um, season one, they're basically just in England and New York, and in season two they go to like. Like, I don't know. I think it's like Italy, Hungary, Hungary, like Scotland. They get the globe trot because HBO gives them a bigger budget. Right, because the percentage of all these shows, so many get canceled. Like It's like almost like opening up a restaurant. There's just a high, high, high percentage of these shows that run a first season, and they maybe don't even get a full season. They get like six episodes, and they get canceled. So it's just like once you get past that barometer or that benchmark. They start giving you money, right? Then they're like, hey, go off. I would expect expect season two of Winning Time to be even better because there's probably going to be bigger actors more basketball scenes you can see that there's like the parties are going to look like they have way more people which is i'm pretty stoked for um but yeah, you know even season one like we had we're, we're recording this april 26th right now i believe we're eight episodes in and uh last, last two days ago on sunday we had the episode with dr j and they're like they prop dr j up as this like messiah figure and they're like oh yeah dr j's arrived he's magic's hero magic doesn't expect him to be- get basically turned up on the right. court by dr j and dr j hits that big dunk and then they just so fucking score they're just like oh you got beat by 20 i'm like show me mother like like like, like sh- one dunk show me like show me more show me some ball movement the guy they got to play dr j um is a guy named jordan sutherland who is literally an 11-time international dunk champion. So, oh, wow. yeah, you're literally going to bring this guy in and you're going to show one dunk. Adam McKay's like, all right, that's a wrap, people. We got the and he doctor. looks about 45. Yeah, and that's also not just Wood Harris, but the guy playing Dr. J was Dr. J. Like, how? Like we, we kind of I mean, know. He came, he came in the league in, like, the early 70s. And like I think he played in the ABA when he first came into the league, and like yeah, no, it's he was he was like he was Dr. J. He was known for dunking, and he revolutionized the sport. So for him to be ten years into his career, and all of a sudden he just looks forty-five, like <laughs> <laughs> and just like walking around like he's like the dad on on like, on, like a, I'll, I'll, I'll say this I'll say this though from a casting angle, it has to be incredibly difficult to cast basketball players because they have to be tall, athletic. They obviously need to be able to act. You can't just get some oaf out there that can't speak. Right, so yeah. I I see it from a casting element that they they're limited in their capacity and they have to probably like you know they have to sacrifice somewhere at some point. Ah, uh, yeah, and like I, you know, I don't really like. I'm wondering. Okay, so I was going to talk about this with the Kareem when we get to Kareem and we start comparing <laughs> real, real characters and fact checking what the show is kind of putting out there because that's a huge controversy about the show. But just before we do that, uh, is Doctor J the best player of the '70s or is Kareem? No, Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest 
basketball player of the 70s and i mean he's probably if i if i had to make my own top 10 list he'd be top four all time oh. he won a he won, he won six mvps in the 70s he won an, a finals mvp in 71 and 85 the 71 was with the bucks and 85 with the lakers uh he's the all-time leading scorer ever lebron's gonna pass him uh and yeah he's just hands hands down the greatest basketball player um in the 70s and it's not close so why are they? Close. Why is the show making Dr. J out to be like this? Like, like, like G's like just so respected uh, versus Kareem is like kind of like just some asshole and like, like. I think that kind of was the case though. Is that Dr. J had universal respect? I mean, he Dr. J is a first ballot Hall of Famer in his own right, and he won a title with the Sixers in '83, and they 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 had their run. But I mean. Dr. J just he's kind of he's just kind of the old messiah of the NBA I think at this time. He'd been in the league for 10 years like in the scenes when he's going to the he, go, he goes into the opposing locker room after the game and gives everybody a high five after kicking their ass. Like I don't I don't think you really see that a whole lot in like the 90s and the 2000s. Um and I think he just kind of had that gravitas at at the time um in terms of his kind of his appeal. But no, Kareem Kareem was not well liked. That's that's pretty well known. And he yeah, but he was Accomplishment wise, he was the greatest basketball player of the seventies. And yeah. wow, really? So I, I'm yeah. wondering. So Magic Johnson wants to be the next Dr. J, and he's like imitating him. He's got posters on his wall, Julius Serving. And I, I, but everybody I talk to, or and when you even look it up on Google, and I may, I mean, you've probably said this as well. Dr. J is Jordan before Jordan. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's pretty bang on. Um, yeah, Dr. J, he was like the first guy. He kind of revolutionized the dunk. You know. Is that why? Is it they're just two different kinds of players? Because Magic doesn't really dunk; he's more of a ball, ball he's more of a passer, uh, and more. Yeah, of a and Kareem, Kareem, Kareem has the sky hook. He just kind of you know gets down on the post and dominates guys. Do you know what? Kareem? Kareem is I you know I think he's like he has the right to be a bit of a grumpy guy. When do you know when he was in college that they banned the dunk in the NCAA because he was too big and scoring too many points? So wow. he had to figure out another way to score. That's that's how dominant Kareem was. They banned the dunk in the NCAA. <laughs> Uh, but Dr. J, on the other hand, he had the air. He had the air factor. That's why people – Yeah, he did the afro. He just looked cool, and he was dunking and scoring a lot of points and winning a lot of games. And, yeah, he was just, he was just that guy. And that's why he's Jordan. It's like, like Is there like a, ru- a ruthlessness factor as well? Oh yeah, he was a killer. But they they were saying in like in winning time, which is all true, um, is that he would he would take the guys out to dinner before the game. Is like opposing his his, his opposition, hmm. and then he would go kick their ass in the game. So he kind of butter them up, and then Jordan's not doing that. Uh, Jordan would play golf with like Barkley in the '90s and some of these guys, and then go kick their ass. So Jordan, right. I think, employed some of the same tactics. But yeah, Doctor J seemed like he was all fun loving, but when it's out on the court, he would yeah he'd kick all their asses. <laughs> Perhaps Dr. J is a more influential player, though Kareem is a better player. Influence-wise, for sure, Dr. J. But Kareem, in his own right, is yeah. I mean, we're picking we're we're picking nits here in terms yeah. of like who's more. They're they're both amazing all-time players that are yeah revered in NBA circles. So winning time is getting a lot of shit from the NBA old yeah, guard, yep. even some of the new guard, for how it's portraying its characters. Uh, most notably, Jerry West, the iconic uh, logo, sure. the, iconic, the iconic Laker. Laker. The logo. Uh, uh, he's later a manager who is depicted in the show as pugnacious, temperamental, destructive. He's a mess, more or less. Uh, there are more characters who are pissed off about how they're being portrayed in the show, and we'll get to those examples in a bit. But, um, like, 
I think a lot of the reason uh, winning time has been blowing up so hard is because every week there's a new story about like some some journalist, some player, some manager, some coach from the old from the 80s and the 90s are coming out and being like, uh, Jerry West was not like that, and he should be very pissed off. Uh, decorated Boston sports journalist Bob Ryan, who you and I are big fans of and used to do impressions of when he went on Charlie Rose and ESPN. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron does not have the ruthlessness that, that, that Jordan used to deploy. The, the, they cut your heart out and save it to you with a nice uh, bottle of candy. <laughs> he, he, called, he called the show reprehensible <laughs> and and said that if we if he were Jerry West, he would call his lawyers for casting him in such an unflattering and um, embarrassing light. Funny enough, days after Bob Ryan tweeted that, and went on podcasts and spoke about that. Jerry West actually sued the show. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was it was it was just a retraction, right? He basically just wanted them to like publicly say that that's not exactly what he was like. And well, so he demanded an apology and a retraction. And I wonder if retraction literally means that they put up a title card before the show, being like Jerry West was actually really nice, or or if like literally <laughs> two sentences and then all right, we'll like, carry on as usual. Or like more like a redaction, where like you kick like a contract and you like block out certain words and certain phrases. Like does Jerry West like? Like literally, like they've already filmed the freaking show. Is it, is yeah, it, is it, is he's just gonna black out like yeah. like <laughs> ten like, minute blocks of the episodes where he's acting like an idiot. Just do like, we cut, do we cut the sex scene in episode three when he's in yeah, the- just in reruns, just like ah, nice to meet you, and then like the skip or like if like in like on the golf course of Jerry Buss is like it's like the doctor Buss is talking to him and he's going, hey hey Jerry, what what do you think of this? Well, I think, and the screen just goes black. It's like, <laughs> just like cut. Real missing. Like, thanks, Jerry. Thanks for that. We get, we get some elevator music to just transition over and then go to the next scene. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like technical difficulties. So, what's your take on this? And how much does it matter? Because I can like kind of understand the argument that people who watch the show, me kind of included as well, are going to watch. I don't know that much about the Lakers going in. I've seen a few documentaries. I know a kind of a limited amount about Jerry West. When I watched the show, especially that first one where he's like a cartoon, like snapping golf clubs, throwing his trophy through the plate glass window. And like, yeah. I'm going I'm going on my phone and I'm going, Google, was Jerry West an asshole? Like, did, <laughs> yeah, I have anger problems because people are going to think that now. I'm probably about these guys. and He's probably going to have to live the rest of his life going up to people and being like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm actually really nice. I'm not, I'm not what was portrayed in the show. I'm not a maniac drunk. (laughs) What do you, what do you think though, Ian? Like, does it matter? Like, I know that you are like, you know, you know quite a bit. Did you even, did you even think twice that Jerry West was like this? Or are you just kind of like, ah, the show is supposed to be kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I immediately had questions about it and then immediately found out that, I mean, allegedly these were all the guys that were there said that it's not true, but I, I, I think I checked off that box kind of pretty quick and I just, I didn't really care because the show for me is it's just Hollywood and it's Adam McKay and it's just television. And, from from my standpoint, selfishly, all I cared about was just being entertained during the show. And Jerry West as a drunk maniac who's a, a little basketball obsessed and holding on to his career. Like every scene, he's wearing his championship ring and talking about the good old days. Um, I, I it just it was never really a big problem for me. I mean, look, if I was Jerry West, though, I totally get it. If I, I lived a full life, a career, I'm the lo- literally the logo of the NBA. 
I won titles. I'm arguably one of the most exe- uh, successful executives of all time. Like he built, he built a big chunk of the Warriors out as we see him today. Right. Uh, and I live that. I, yeah, side Shaq. Yeah, I, I, and I lived that Kobe, life. Drafted and Kobe. Then, yeah, drafted Kobe. He was he he was pounding the table for Kobe. He like he really wanted Kobe. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's like a television show that just pops up on HBO, and there's just a bunch of things that are just factually incorrect and completely fabricated. I'd probably be a little mad too, but. You know, at the end of the day, Jerry West is some millionaire and living a good life. And I just I guess I don't feel that sorry for him. But I can understand why he would feel that way at the end of the day. I wonder so. if it's like no press is bad press. And he's just like, oh, yeah, people are talking about me now. And people like are, <laughs> I don't think he needs that kind of press, though. Like I, I Jerry West is fine. You know, he's he's just managing teams and doing his thing. And I don't I don't th- I don't think at this point of his career, he's like, how old is Jerry West? 80? 75 yeah, he's by 80 yeah yeah he's getting up there like i don't think at this point he needs like extra attention or he's like he's got some pr guy and be like hey jerry this is good stuff for you like he's he's fine <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i i i think most of these guys kareem has been very public about his displeasure with the, with the show and calling it boring but i my argument would be if if we don't get all these characters and you know small fabrication or maybe big fabrications uh playing out in the show the show just might turn into a 30 for 30 documentary and then you know it's just not that exciting anymore and the sports the sports fans might tune in but the non-sports fans might just not care you know i don't know if it's i don't like i, I feel like the stories like the the actual lakers celtics rivalry story and how they build up the nba told factually accurate let's just say they're doing it 70 percent right now maybe 65 and they do it 90 percent with small differences that's a, still a pretty fucking good story is it not but did, we already got that. Ice Cube did a 30 for 30 documentary on Lakers Celtics in the 80s. Like, people have written books on it. We know the story. Like, we don't need the textbook story. This is a dramatization of the whole thing, and yeah. it's it's kind of for fun almost. Like It, it is. It just, they're never saying, hey, here's what happened in the 80s with the Lakers. Like, no, this is just like a show that opens up with John C. Riley and the Playboy Mansion with a bunch of naked women like this. <laughs> Honestly, I did some reading on um, – Jerry West, and I don't know. There's nothing. There was obviously nothing about him yelling or breaking windows or golf clubs but that we know about. That we know about. But 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 I don't. They didn't come up with this out of thin air. There's there's something to be said for how they're doing his how they're portraying him on screen because he struggled with depression and mental illness. Right. Right. He's one. He was one of the greatest players of his era. Would you say that? What, is, what would you say? Absolutely. For sure, right? One of the top, like, top three. He's like top 15 player ever. And like it, it, they talk about like the desolate drought of the 1960s of basketball where it's a bunch of little white guys. Like whenever we play 2K and I play a 1960s team, it literally looks like the high school team at fucking St. George's. And like, yeah. Like, I mean, Aaron, fun fact. They didn't have a three-point line in the NBA until yeah, 1979, like, 1980. Was, 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 so it was Jerry West, a bunch of white guys, and like Wilt Chamberlain standing at seven foot two, just like crowded <laughs> around the hoop trying to throw it up in there. Like it was – Yeah, it was right? A, yeah. So he's one yeah. of the greatest players of all time, and he only has one ring. So you could kind of – you can kind of at least draw the parallel to say, yeah, the guy's probably kind of pissed off that his career didn't go the way he want he wanted to, right? His fucking biography is called My Charmed and Tormented Life <laughs> <laughs> that he wrote himself. So I'm kind of like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm almost like kind of like, no, they didn't pull this, pull this out of thin air. Like you can like artistically make the argument that he might spiritually be that way. Uh, comment on that, would you? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I, I think so for sure. I think 
like the the book it's based off Jeff Perlman's book, right? The Winning Time is based Winning off Time is based off Jeff Perlman's book. So yeah, right. I, I think there is a good bit of factual sourcing for the show and they just I think they have to take some liberties to to make it entertaining because I don't think they can sit around a writer's room and not, you know, invent a little bit and add to the story a bit without it just coming off flat and boring and the show going six episodes and everybody's just bored to tears. So, yeah. It's like you said before, though, he's one of the greatest executives of all time, and they're kind sure. of they've kind of made him out to be like a bad businessman. Like, who's who? Do you remember who he wants to sign instead of Magic? Uh, it's uh oh, who is it? Um, no, it was, I think it was Sidney Moncrief. I think it's okay, yeah, it yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, it was Sidney Moncrief. Yeah. Do you remember when when Doctor Bus on the golf course is basically saying to him? Yeah, Sidney Moncrief. Yeah, when 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 uh, Doctor Bus is kind of saying to him. It, on the golf course, he's like, he's like, we want Magic Johnson. He goes, he's like, his hour, his arm span is like six inches more than everybody else. He's walking turnover, and like, and Doctor Bus is like, like, well, what else don't you like about him? He goes, he smiles too much. This is a man's game. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's and and that was like conventional NBA thinking at the time is that you can't have a six foot nine point guard, and they already had a point guard in Norm Nixon, who's in the show and played. You, you were telling me played by his by son. son, doing a very yeah. good job. Yeah, did a great job, and that that was kind of conventional wasn't at the time is that you had to fill out all the positions. So the Showtime Lakers, in terms of like modern NBA kind of. Uh, you know, viewpoint is that they they were like one of the first teams to maybe employ a little bit of positionless basketball, where they weren't obsessed with you know we can't have two point guards on the team, yeah. and they were just yeah concerned with running the floor and well how come playing. how does that make any sense? What do you mean? How does it make any sense that you can't have two point guards and just can't bench one or you know multi- play multiple positions or that a point guard can't be too tall? Because the NBA was very, at the time, it was very, like, kind of almost textbooked, and the league was built around big men. So you needed, like, your Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, your Wilt Chamberlain, your Bill Russell to win titles, Moses Malone. You needed all those guys to win titles and that. You needed, like, a true point guard to run the floor and, you know, kind of direct the offense. A shooting guard whose primary option is to score. Michael Cooper was kind of that guy for the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, a wing to defend. So it was like there were kind of all these set-out positions that they had um, at the time. That was It was just conventional wisdom and like anything. When there's you know one set of kind of thinking, that's why. And that's why Jack McKinney is kind of viewed in the show as like kind of an innovator and a, and a guy that you know is leading the way with his kind of new thinking. And he gets laughed at. And you see in the early, when he shows up, all the Lakers players are laughing at him for the lineups that he's rolling out there. Yeah. But then by midseason, they're humming and they – you know, they won 62 games in his first season. But I guess. Not, through, not with McKinney. Well, not with McKinney, but it, it was McKinney's team and his offense and his it was his creation. And Westhead, Paul Westhead, played by Jason Siegel, yeah. was was the guy that was like kind of his disciple that was kind of, you know, doing his work. And when it came along. So, yeah. Very interesting. Uh, before we move on, I, I just want to say I think Jason Clark is absolutely brilliant <laughs> as, as Jerry West. Maybe remove any factual error, any inaccuracies, because it's fun of you're right. It's just a show. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, and we already know we kind of yeah we can look that stuff up and yeah perhaps we can call it would compromise how entertaining the show was. I know it would compromise how entertaining the show was because of how outlandish Jason Clark is playing Jerry West and how broad he's being. And I really do think that he's doing a really good job. And he should kind of win an Emmy probably for supporting actor in a drama because the amount of range he's using to be like psycho. 
and then like focused and then like victorious. Like when he's in, he's like, he doesn't want to go in the Boston garden. He's like, I'll, I'll sit in the car. Like, I don't want to go this place. It's like, this is a devil. This is a devil fucking arena. I'm just going to sit. Right, in the car. right, right, right. He's like, yeah, yeah. When he's in there, like winning, he's like, yeah. Uh, when he has to be desperate, he can do. He can kind of run the whole spectrum on Jerry West. Oh, it's, it's he's he's a big part of the first like four or five episodes being carried. Is like get like this crazy Jerry West mm-hmm. entertaining us and giving us the kind of the, you're like you said the full range. So yeah, yeah I, I, he's a positive for the show. Unfortunately for the real Jerry West, he's just not happy because <laughs> <It's like laughs> Jerry not West him. is just watching the show just like breaks a wine glass with his hands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like fuck this. Like I none of this is true. I'm like it's like a Daffy documentation. Uh, but I think I, there's a I, I, like it makes sense that he'd be so loud in the first four episodes, and now we're seeing him. They and they they're not responding to the discourse. These these episodes are filmed; they're ready to go. The screeners are out there, uh, and now he's like ca- more calm, more cerebral. And it's like you really want to listen to him because they're like, "Oh, the crazy man is like is like taking some deep." Yeah, because I I, th- I think the, the the element of truth with Jerry West is that his post playing career as a coach and as like a, a member of the Lakers organization when the Lakers weren't good pre-Magic Johnson, yeah. is that he he was there ultimately and, and trying to do his best um, with the team, but it wasn't going that well, and he was angry about it because he was a, you know, a champion-winning player with the Lakers, um, and that you know obviously once McKinney comes in and the team starts fixing itself, he finds his role within the organization, which ultimately leads into manager. his career. He's a manager. Yeah, which, which leads into his career as, you know again, one of the most successful executives of all time. A lot of people say that he was that angry, but he kept it in. He looks angry. If you look at Jerry West now, he's just like he's sit, he's sitting in like the causeway of the arena, like kind of tucked in the corner, just with that fucking scowling face, and he's just not just not happy. He looks like all. a big. He looks like a big rock. Like like he's just he's so round and like there's no contouring on his face. It just looks like a big like angry stone. Just, like Jerry Jerry West might be this like the single reason that we have two of the biggest dynasties of the last Warriors two decades. Warriors and Lakers. Co- Kobe Shaq. This just doesn't oh. happen probably it's, without Jerry Brothers, West. Splash Brothers. And, yeah, well he there was a there was a like a a big trade on the table for Kevin Love for Clay Thompson for the Cavs. Yeah in the in the mid 2010s and right like jerry west shot it down he was like we're not trading clay thompson get out of here one clay uh he yeah. what about what, what about his time with the grizzlies uh the grizzlies yeah he's eight, there for he five built, five six years right yeah 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 he built them up and got mike conley and yeah they were they were good so he's he's got a he's got a nice career hey, it's just jerry west you know he's the logo but you know you see um that really awesome scene last episode where he's got to like Magic's just Magic's got turned up by Julius Irving, and and Jerry West shows up in the locker room and he gives him that fucking pep talk, and it's such good acting. And he literally says to him, he goes, he goes, um, you know, I've scored ten thousand points, but if I had just scored ten more at the right times, I would have had four more rings. And and it's so right. freaking powerful. And Magic says, you got the one though. And Jerry West goes. Yeah, and I wouldn't trade it for all the fucking happy in the world. <laughs> Trying to make this point where it, it, it now I understand, and people were too quick to move on this Jerry West thing. But I'm like, oh, that's why he's so pissed in the beginning. It's like his ideology that, like, yeah. yeah and we're getting a bit of an arc now. You know, we're yeah. seeing this guy come from one thing to another, which is what literally television is. Is we need a bit of an arc. You know, we you need, need some growth in a character. Yeah. yeah, we need some growth in a character. It can't just be like kind of one note the whole time. And 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's like it's the first. You kind of always get it with Magic, but that was Magic. Magic was known for being a bit of a motherfucker. Like he, he was just like an angry kind of, yeah, arrogant a little bit and pissed off, and he wanted to win. He was like desperate to win, you know. And yeah. that's we're kind of getting that now with with where Magic is at. And his, we like, know the his history, own character like, growth. Kind of, we've watched the history of those guys unfold for seven episodes now. And Jerry West doesn't like Magic. Doesn't really have a relationship with them. So that when you get the scene with just the two of them. Basically playing one-on-one acting, <laughs> one-on-one acting basketball. It's like De Niro and Pacino and Heat. Niro, yeah, or like you know the classic one, Paul Dano and Daniel Day Lewis. Let's not give them too much credit here. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, but like, you know, they're in the locker room and like, oh, Jerry West is going to talk to Magic. Like, you put your bag of chips down, you put your phone down. I'm going to want to watch this scene. Do they really deliver? Magic like opens the conversation with. Um, Hey, don't didn't you want to trade me? <laughs> like, and he's like, I did. And like they have that, and like you know, I'm, I'm just in. And like it's it starts from there, right? Now they have now they right. have this kind of paternal relationship. He does the same thing. The show does the same thing with Kareem really, really well, and shows you how Kareem has that conversation with Magic's dad. I don't know if it happened or not, but it's kind of like the idea is there that Kareem's now kind of watching out for him. And when Doctor J turns up on Magic, and Kareem goes up to him and he goes. It looks a little different up close, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He like literally helps him up. I'm just like, wow, you got to love that shit. Um, so we'll talk about character inaccuracies in a second. We've already talked about a little bit about the games themselves. But like, what do you think of the actual, <laughs> the actual score and stat discrepancies? Because like, these are famous games that they're depicting, like down to like, 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 like iconic matchups. And like, you know, the first time the Lakers meet the Celtics with Bird and Magic, uh, they have it here in the show as like, oh, it's down to the clock. It's down to the clock. And like Kareem hits a skyhook, I think, to, to kill it off. Like, oh, it's great television. We have like we have the records and the box scores, and it's literally like the Lakers. It's all there. You can Google it in five seconds and Lakers find out none of this like, happened. Lakers beat them like thirty points, and like we, of course, we want to create all this drama for this TV show. And we talked about how like, oh yeah, we need drama for a show like this. Do we? Like, like I, I, I almost like I almost feel like now when I'm watching the show, I'm kind of like, if anything I, happens, it's, it's the one, it's the one part where I was like, ah, I didn't need to do this. There's, there's, there was no need. Yeah. Like the Lakers went sixty-two and twenty. They were one of the, they were the best team in the league that year. They yeah. ran through the league. And those, yeah, and again, it's just, but it, it's almost like I guess it's like a default in Hollywood is like they have to be kind of idiots and losers for a little while. Like they just don't know how to play basketball, and then magically they just kind of turn it around. But the, the specific point, I guess, what two episodes. So they go episode five uh, when they're doing all the losing and you know they're just getting their ass kicked by everybody that just like, just didn't happen just yes. what, completely what and it did, they didn't need to they didn't need to have a bunch of losing they could have just won and they're getting better and they won sixty two games you know but I guess there is a bit yeah. more tension otherwise why don't you just make a show about the Pistons <laughs> you know yeah I, mean? I like, think it's how they develop like the Westhead Pat Riley kind of like oh I need Pat Riley to get involved it's how they like I think it's how they kind of like looped in Pat Riley into the whole thing which I don't think is something they want to gloss over so yeah I, I I just think it was all for creative kind of function that they that they made the Lakers losers for a short period over like I guess the Christmas break <laughs> when he was losing but it it doesn't make a lot of sense what about Spencer Haywood played by Wood Harris not getting minutes Whereas if you look at you look at the records, he's playing like twenty five minutes a yeah, game. It, in the research for this pod, I did go look at his. He's averaging like twenty five minutes a game, contributing, <laughs> scoring. Like Spencer Haywood's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fame basketball player. And they so. make him look like some old bitch. They like they yeah, that, like that he's like tra- and he's gonna get traded. And they're like, ah, oh, we don't need this guy. Let's just trade him and dump him away for Bob McAdoo. Like no. <laughs> 
Uh, I, yeah. And like it, he's like, but, it's such it's so much a part of the show that he's literally on the bench, being like, "Put me in, coach. Put me in." And like talking shit at press conferences, and they're like, "Oh, this is this is inappropriate. You can't let him talk like this." Like, did any of this fucking happen? Like, I don't think so. It's, it's, I, I I tried to find. I try. I did do some digging. Like I did a little internet like deep dive, and I just I could not find it. So. It's kind of like the boy who cried wolf because. The show has become so famous for making shit up or, you know, call it for the narrative benefit of the show, if you will. But like I'm now everything that happens. I'm kind of like, OK, wait a second. Did, did, like, like, did, did Milton Burrow make that joke? Did, did, did Richard Pryor introduce Spencer Haywood to crack? Did like did did Magic get that woman pregnant? Right. Like 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 literally everything. Now I'm kind of like, ah, uh, or do I just need to watch the show like it's fucking Forrest Gump? Or something. Yeah, just like, I just think you, you, you almost it's it's bad to say, but you got to turn off your brain a little bit when you watch the show. Really, like in terms of some of the factual stuff, are you just going to get annoyed and pissed off? Like you're just going to be Jerry West and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the whole time. So it's like you just kind of have to suspend reality a little bit. But there's elements of truth. Like Magic was a notorious like he cheated on his wife Cookie all the time. Like he's that's like that's a fact. Oh, they, on Magic beca- they, get ma- they get married. Those two. He's still with Cookie. Oh my God! He got her. He's still with Cookie, but he also notoriously like was partying with Doctor Bus. And as we know in the show, like again, this is not a fabrication. Like Doctor Bus was, you know, the famous. If him and Hugh Hefner in a bar, Doctor Bus is pulling in the woman. You know, it's oh, yeah. It's just one of those things that, like, yeah, Magic Johnson was, you know, a player, and I don't know, he was a famous athlete in the in the eighties in L.A. He could have whatever he wanted. So yeah, there there are elements that are true. So yeah, I think with the whole show, Aaron, you get, you just have to kind of parse through it and find out what's important and what's not. And and if the factual inaccuracies of the show are not important or are really important to you and you're angry, then maybe just turn off your TV. <laughs> I it's I don't I, I, okay. To be fair, yes. I think that is absolutely a good way to look at it because I have been loving the show and I have been able to sort of like yeah close one of my eyes just to kind of be like yeah well, don't hate yeah or you can hate watch it and just be grumpy but like. it's, but it's it's so much of a style bomb like it's so cool to look at and all like the camera filters and the music and the performances costumes, costumes everything, everything. Looks so good yeah. every the set it sounds good. Like like when they're playing basketball and the announcers are going and they got the music and like you hear all the crowd. I'm like, oh, this is a fun way to kind of spend your Sunday night watching this retro NBA thing. But that part totally. of the show is so good that it's almost like, yeah, just tell the real story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's, uh, let's take a quick break and then we're going to get into some of these characters, okay? All right. All right. All right. I will talk about uh, some of the characters uh, on the show because we we already did Jerry West, uh, and we kind of litigated that as best as we could. Uh, I want to talk about Kareem because they've made Kareem out to be I I don't I only know Kareem as a not a kind of a non sports obsessive as right. um as he just shows up in interviews and he's really articulate and he's like a really smart, like I know that he was like a Muslim icon and that he has the sub stack that a, a decent amount of people read. He's like very well written. He's written books. Uh, but like in the show, he's made out to be like a fucking asshole, like, like literally the least personable person out there versus magic is all like smiles and like down with all the celebrities and he's dapping people. And like, but like Kareem, we first see him, in the in the show filming airplane, which he's barely in, they made right. it out to be like even the airplane producers. You can hear them under the breath going, "What? We couldn't get OJ for this." <laughs> OJ was the only other athlete who was like so universally 
appreciated that they were throwing him in. Yeah, the, ju- the juice, man. He the was, juice. He was, he's in Hertz commercials, and just like he's like this icon of of of. of more than sports he's like a black american hero kareem they try to do that he's in he's in enter the dragon with bruce lee i think he just wanted to work with bruce lee pretty badly but he's also an airplane right and and he's like uh he calls that kid out in the movie and then in the show the kid basically goes up to him and he says hey mr abdul jabbar i'm a big fan can i get your autograph And he just goes fuck off kid Which is, I think it was like, I didn't laugh hard. I kind of chuckled and I went, well, that's really interesting. Are they going to try to show us that Kareem is kind of an asshole? Reporters are intimidated by him. Uh, The people on the team, his teammates, they kiss his ass. They have to grab him orange juice in the newspaper. Yeah, call him Cap. Hey, Cap. Cap. (laughs) Cap. Uh, What do you know about Kareem, Ian? Was he that much of a stonewall? Like, is he known for being that much of of a dick face? Yeah, I mean, my knowledge of Kareem is that he was a bit of a dick and, like, just, I he was, I, I mean, like, it was a lot of stuff, like, you know, them banning dunking in the NCAA because he was so big, and uh, I, I think he had a, you know, a rough childhood. I mean, he changed his name. He used to be Lou Alcinder. Um, so he had a bit of a, like, kind of a, <laughs> what a, what a boring name compared to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, but, yeah, I, I think his, his run was ultimately, you know, it was colored with success and titles and MVPs and everything, but he was wasn't a well-liked guy. That's just a fact. Um, in his in his post-playing career, he like publicly complained about him not getting any coaching offers and not really getting involved in the NBA post-career. And obviously, his his, his running mate in the eighties, Magic Johnson, was able to coach the Lakers. Famously, went five and eleven. Had a had a rough <laughs> had a rough. He only, go. he only coached sixteen games. Yeah, Magic coached 16 games, I believe, for the 94 Lakers. And basically oh my just, God. Ba- basically just you know, after 16 games and they were losing, just bowed out and said, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> how, much equity, how much equity do you think they had to give him to like bow out? He's like, no, no, I, I want to figure this I, I out. Think, <laughs> I think they gave him, like, when, when Dirk Nowitzki was taking pay cuts for the Mavs, I'm pretty sure Mark Cuban gave him like a wink-wink deal, like kind of, hey, we'll give you like 10% down the road. Yeah. Um, and I think it was the same thing. Dr. Buss and Magic were obviously, you know, famously really good friends. And uh, yeah, so like, Kareem just in his post playing career was never well liked. He he publicly has admitted that he wasn't very friendly to you know teammates and the media, and he never. They, it, at the end of the day, the NBA is a big giant business, and it's still relationships and people you know and how how you kind of yeah. grow within that industry. And he didn't put a lot of yeah he didn't put a lot of effort into like actually making friends during that time. So when he got to the end of the road and you know he was no longer you know the best basketball player in the world, people just said all right Kareem, well thanks for your time and see you later. And that was that was kind of the reality for Kareem. So I I. Again, you know, there's always fabrication. Maybe he was more of an asshole in the show than than he really was, but there had to have been some element of truth to it. And again, Cream, you know, in his Substack, <laughs> famously didn't didn't love the show. Shocker. So, actually, I have uh, I actually read I, in order to prepare for this episode. I read his Substack. It's the only thing I've read off his Substack, but it's uh, it's 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 <laughs> basically uh, he. <laughs> Uh, he, he he goes to the wall and he basically just goes like fuck this show and not and not because it's inaccurate. Called it boring, boring, right? Called it yeah. boring. Yeah, so that's, like, that's some sure that's you, some grumpy guy shit. I, I, I yeah, buddy. I'm sure if you lived it and actually had to do those play like uh, willfully and like very intimately were participating in those games, 
yeah, you'd find it boring. <laughs> the same way that like the guys who stormed the beaches of Normandy would probably watch the first 10 minutes of Saving Private Ryan and be like, <laughs> like, 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 this is nothing like having a gun pointed at you. <laughs> like, 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 I'm sitting in the comfort of my living room here. But I, I regardless, his, his substack was pretty funny. It had a pretty a few good laughs in it. He wrote um, <laughs> each – so this is, this is Kareem's substack. Each character is reduced to a single bold trait as if the writers were afraid anything more complex would tax the viewer's comprehension. Jerry That's Buss, factually incorrect. <laughs> Jerry Buss, egomaniacal entrepreneur. Jerry West, <laughs> crazed coach. Magic Johnson, sexual simpleton. I'm a pompous prick. <laughs> I'm a pompous prick. Apparently, <laughs> they, they are they are caricatures. <laughs> they are caricatures, not characters. Amusement park portraits that emphasize one physical feature to amplify your appearance, but never touching the essence. <laughs> the 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 result of caricatures instead of fully developed characters is that the plot becomes frenetic melodrama, sensationalized invented move, moments to excite the senses, but reveal nothing deeper. It's as if he strung together a bunch of flashing colored lights and told us. This is the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Hey, kids, look, Christmas. <laughs> I think it's just Kareem. Like, again, like Magic Johnson is way more than a sexual simpleton in the show. If you watch the show, and, 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 and him, him pointing all that out makes me think he watched just enough episode, to, like, to write a sub stack and then just be like, and use a bunch of like, you know, really nice big words and then just take a big giant dump on it and move on with his day. Which I think if I, I did a deep dive on Kareem's sub stack in preparation, for this episode yeah. uh, and uh, it's just a lot of him just getting angry it's just kind of old very old man yells at cloud and just tells everybody <laughs> how he disapproves of them and i yeah i've, I've his post-playing career i've never been a big fan not a, not a career not a cream uh, lover are you hey I, all the respect in the world for his basketball career and what he did on the court he's he is the single most unstoppable shot of all time the sky hook unstoppable but his post-playing career has just been him getting mad. <laughs> That's all I know about Kareem. He beat cancer, too. Happy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> he, another, another, I don't another wish one. poorly upon Kareem. He's just, he's just grumpy. Happy to hear. Happy to, another, so he, just, he is – oh, yeah. Matt, okay. So another, another point he made in the substack was that uh, people are going to hate, think that he hates children. Because he, because he told that kid to fuck off, no, so it's God. gonna it, so it's gonna be hard for him to get people to support his outreach foundation. <laughs> oh jeez, yeah, and that just feels like you know uh, maybe cancel culture, like uh, the microcosm reverse, of yeah, just like cancel culture, like cancel defense. Like he literally says, he's like, he goes, I have a program where I reach out to inner city children. It's like Kareem, nobody's <laughs> taking money away from the kids that you support. What are you talking about? You're just inventing things out of thin They're air. Just like. For some reason, like the head of some like big stem cell research or like some other outreach like UNICEF or like one of those companies like, sorry, Kareem, we watched Winning Time and you told that kid to fuck off on the airplane set. You're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're pulling we're money. Pulling your funding. You're pulling your funding, Kareem. We're just like, damn you, Adam McKay. Yeah, the only reason we're reading his blog is because he's Kareem. That's the only reason. If it's, I, I just, I'm not convinced that it's, yeah. But hey, that's my opinion on Kareem, and I, I'm sure there's tons of people that love his criticism. But that's all it is. It's just criticism of what's going on in the world. There's a really good uh, in a in a rap battle on YouTube for King of the Dot. There was uh, they had two Middle Eastern guys battle each other, and one of the one, one okay. of the one of the one of the rhymes, one of the bars was. Uh, 
He says, compared to you, I'm a YouTube superstar. Uh, uh, I bet your middle name is Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> You're just mad that when you go to the hookah bar, nobody knows who you are. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, okay, next. Uh, Red Arback. So, so just for the listeners at home here, who, who before we get into what the, the show is doing with Red Arback, who is Red Arback? What, what, what does that name mean in the NBA? Uh, Red Arback, I mean, played by Michael Chiklis. Great, great performance. Great Love performance. Love we, we've, we've lost him a bit. We haven't seen Red Arback for a little bit, but Michael Chiklis uh, is expensive. Yeah, I, I could imagine. Yeah, but, but no. But, but, who was he in the in the was it the event? No, not the Avengers. The Fantastic yes. Four. He's like the big rock guy. Oh, terrible performance. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny how that's that of all performances that Michael Chiklis has probably put in for his career. That's the one that stands out to no, me. He's done a lot. The, the, the bird shits on him. No, oh, like, I'm sure he's had like a nice career. Um, but wait a second. What, uh, but yeah, Red Arback. Not in the show. Not in the show. Just Red Arback in NBA history. Yeah, yeah. What is he? What is he? Uh, he's he's just kind of the he's like if you had to pick one guy that embodies the the Boston Celtics and kind of who they were for their I don't know what 60 70 year existence in the NBA Red mm-hmm. Armback is the guy you talk about he really? he was a coach of the team during the Russell um uh, Russell era Celtics that won 11 titles uh he managed the team in the 80s uh he was he was uh I think he owned the team for a short period he's wow. he's yeah he's he just it he's, he owns he, it in the show now right he owns it yeah he owns, the, he owns it now yeah I, I'm not totally sure on his timeline for ownership because he doesn't is like his, his estate doesn't own the team anymore so he, yeah. he obviously sold it at one point and he's he's passed on I think he's yeah I think he died in 06 but so, yeah he's yeah. just he's he's what the Boston Celtics were for a long time and that he very, 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 very well loved within Boston players, coaches, anybody who came in contact with Red that was involved with the Boston Celtics or in the city. Love that guy. But he was, um, you know, not not well loved around NBA circles and seen as a bit of a, a bit of a maniac. And yeah. I think it's it's a kind of classic sports trope that like he's the guy that you love to have on your team, but if he's on the other team, you just you kind of want to see you him lose him. fail. Yeah, you want to see him fail at every opportunity that you can. So, do you have examples? Anything like, or just like, just sort of like generally known to be a maniac? I, I didn't. I wasn't in my research because I'm just not a Red Auerbach buff. I, I wasn't able to pull up any like really good stories, but that that was kind of the universal consensus that I that I found on Red Auerbach is that yeah, well you loved in love, the city. You, you do love Boston sports, though, and, and I love and, the Red Sox. I love the Red Sox. <laughs> would Patriots? Could the Patriots count? No, no. What about uh, Celtics? Uh, no. You don't like the Bruins. Bruins. I hope. <laughs> I, I. I. Yeah. I hope their team plane has a crash every time they play. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but but okay. But, I'll take okay. that. I'll retract that. <laughs> it's fine. Oh no! You're Jerry West now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go Jerry retract West. For, or so if you were talking about the greatest Celtics of all time, just any like players, front office players, owners, coaches, just would Red people. Arback people would he be in the top five? Oh yeah, for sure. He's who, who, he's kind of the architect of like the Boston Celtics and like the guy that put it together. So I, if you were to put like top five Celtics all time, yeah, who rounds the list? People? Who rounds up the list? Oh, it's good. Uh, okay, it's, Re- Bill I mean, Russell, Lar- Lar- Larry. Larry Legend, Bill yeah. Russell, Red Auerbach. Auerbach. K- KG? KG? No, too Paul short Pierce? a stint. I go Paul, I'd probably go Paul Pierce, and then I'd probably go Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale? Danny Kevin Ainge? McHale. Danny Ainge? Da- da- as an executive, Danny Ainge had a nice career for the Celts, but he was, mm. he was, like a, he was a role player, kind of come off the bench guy and give some energy in his Celtics years. So back to Red Auerbach here, uh, just because in the show – 
he's made out to be like basically Satan. <laughs> Pretty much. Like he's just like he's like got this cigar and he's like and he's like always oh, like like it was surrounded by like all this smoke. He's got like that horny look on his face. He's just like he goes, <laughs> he, goes, he goes and he has dinner with Doctor Bus and he basically insults Doctor Bus to his face and then and then uh, Doctor Bus goes hi uh, you know what I'm actually going to be leaving and excusing myself for dinner put it on my tab and Red Arbet goes put another lobster on my plate then it's just like like this guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I look. I think. I think that was. I don't know. I don't know if it was an accurate portrayal of Red Auerbach. I. I. I don't think there would be any stories out confirming any of that. Uh, I think ultimately we also have to realize that this show is in the perspective of the Lakers. If you're a Lakers right. fan, you're obviously going to love it. They're trying to tell it from almost from Jerry Buss's angle. Like the show opens up with Jerry Buss. Everything's centered around Jerry Buss and his building of the Lakers dynasty. So right. I think the whole point is that they're building Red Auerbach as the antagonist of the show and the kind of the evil villain and the bad guy, which is Bird 2. Bird 2. Bird 2. Yeah, but Bird was like natural. Like he was a quiet guy when he first came into the league and he was notorious. Like went- and, we and this is actually a good time because we were going to talk about this, but we could kind of scoop Larry Bird and Red Auerbach together in this conversation and say that the Larry Bird interpretation, like I, 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 I from what I know about Larry Bird, uh, in documentaries and watching footage, he's like the great white hope. Like, loves his mother, <laughs> sacrifices his career to pave her driveway. <laughs> a, a good sportsman, I- fairly iconic. <laughs> maybe like yeah, iconic factoid. Maybe like fairly modest, but like in this show, he's like basically Seabass from Dumb and Dumber. It's <laughs> like like a disgusting hillbilly and like a puppy. Yeah, no, like a hillbilly from French Lick, Indiana that just like uh, couldn't really speak uh, a lot. And just go out there and play the game. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> shot. I know. Fuck you, magic. Like no charisma. But like it's like you said, and this actually helps litigate some of these inaccuracies at, at, on this side, less so the Jerry West one. But like from the eyes of the Lakers, if you love the Lakers. You hate Larry, Larry Bird. Bird. Yeah, Larry Bird is the son of Satan. So Red sure. Arbeck is Satan, and Boston Garden is like the depths of hell. So they become the villains, and it's almost like distorted gla- Lakers glasses. You're you're looking at the show through Lakers glasses, and like absolutely, the, which is I, which is paramount for understanding like the whole show. A hundred percent, and actually makes the show better, right? Totally. And, and when you and when you talk when I talk to diehard sports fans, they fucking hate. They hate, 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 hate the opposing team, the rival. Like, uh, yeah, like, it's like you kind know, of the whole point of being a diehard fan. Like, like Knicks fans hate Kevin Garnett because Amari had time on the clock. <laughs> right? They always, they always talk about that. So you could never really look at KG the same way. Um, so if if the Laker, if you're watching the show from the perspective of the Lakers, which is what the show is putting you through, the characters are basically becoming what you're yelling at them in the stands. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, red is a bastard, bird is a heck. Uh, I but, at, but there, yeah. again, there's there are some factual like truth to like the way they're portraying Larry. Like, Larry Larry was just like he was a simple guy from French Lake, Indiana that drank Budweiser and wanted the wanted wanted to just kind of hang out on the team and just like he just wanted to play no, hoops. And, like that in and the he, show. He's not like that in the show. No, but he's he like he, he, he he's cruel. He, yeah, but again, it's like it's a fabrication and like and there was a lot of truth towards Larry was a little quiet when he came into the league. He didn't like Magic Johnson. They weren't buddies. They were only buddies in their late career when they had won titles and. His Larry's whole motivation, he's publicly said, is that his whole motivation was to beat Magic Johnson. That's what he wanted to do. Well, because That's he beat him he, in college, right? Is that yeah, Magic Johnson beat him in the title game in college, and yeah. Larry was a 
like most great athletes, psychotically competitive. Um, and Larry Bird ultimately at the end of the day, like was that way. And, and the trash talking that's Larry Bird is known as one of the greatest trash talkers of all time. That's later, just a fact. Though. That's later in the career. Like, like, like I, from what Bill Simmons tells me, <laughs> he was like, he was the, first, the, guy. Yeah, the first year he's basically a fucking mute. <laughs> like, like, right. like, and like the, the, the thing but again, that- it's television. So, I get it. That doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't play as well on a TV show as the, this guy just doesn't say anything. He's just <laughs> that we might also be only be spending two seasons with this guy, so we're not actually going to see Larry become the trash talker as no, well. I don't think we're getting ten seri- ten seasons of eighties Lakers Celtics <laughs> just basketball like one for every year. Like the ninth year, they're like we're like Quincy Isaiah is just getting old. They're like, I want to do other roles here. I don't want to no, play Patrick Johnson. So wait a second. They, did you say they weren't friends earlier in their career? No, they play they, on the dream team together, but pr- but prior to that, they do a Converse commercial. Everyone always talks about yeah. historically the Converse commercial. And they're like, uh, they're like, that's the moment they become friends. Yeah, kind of like. Do they actually fr- fr- hate- fr- friendly? Friendly. I think they were up until that point. They weren't. They weren't really. Like, you know, they, they yeah, hate each other, really. That was kind of the era of the NBA. Like we look at the modern NBA now. These guys are all buddies. They all go to LA in the summer. They play. Yeah. They play pickup games. They get in shape. Yeah. Just, you know, they live that millionaire life. Like there were real NBA rivalries in the eighties, and the hatred between the Lakers and Celtics was real. And Magic and Bird were at the forefront. So I, I, I don't think that was all fabricated. And I mean, yeah, like uh, one fun fact about Larry Bird and his. His kind of his like the kind of the way he's portrayed, which is like a simple guy from French Lick, Indiana. He liked drinking beer so much that they had to trade his beer drinking buddy on the team in the eighties <laughs> <laughs> to get him to stop drinking beer and partying, so that he'd show up in shape for the season. Like he was kind of just Is that that was st- early, right? That was early on. It was like yeah, eighty, I think mid eighties. That brings up an interesting point that if if, if Bird and Arbach and West and all and you know Doctor J are being looked at. In this perspective of the Lakers, what do you think that the show would? What do you think winning time would be in the Celtics' perspective? <laughs> and they get to like animate, like would Je- would Doctor Bus literally be having sex with cheerleaders on the court? <laughs> Just like, oh yeah, and like like <laughs> yeah, it'd be like more like sleazy motel visits yeah, and like yeah, like. <laughs> Magic like would just be like seen as like a complete idiot and like asshole like like Doctor Bus is na- naked under a robe. Who they get like they get like Timothy Chalamet to play Larry Bird, <laughs> just like you know some nice looking person. Or would Kareem just have like an AK forty seven? Is just sh- like just like shooting children and like huh, it's like shooting children in the stats. <laughs> I, yeah, the, it, it would be a, a very – it would be an Irish Catholic heavy kind of version of the whole thing, which probably less fun, but, you know, I, if they made it, I'd watch it. What do you think they're doing with Pat Riley in the show? And I, Pat Riley, from what I know, one of the coolest guys to ever touch the ball. Not so to touch the ball, more so touch the clipboard, right? <laughs> yeah. Touch the dry erase. Uh, Michael Douglas wanted to, wanted to look like him when he made Wall Street. He's got the slick black hair. He's got the Armani suits, whereas most coaches look like they worked at the, the, the bank. He's, right. he's, he's strategically a genius. He master, never really, master recruiter in his, in his years as Miami Heat executive. Ex- oh, he could recruit really well. Oh, yeah. He, oh, he, yeah. He, 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 good sales pitch. Good sales pitch. He's a good salesman. Yeah. Like, like, you never really see him yell on the court at the refs. He's more just like kind of like – 
more focused, if you will. Uh, in the show, we're getting like early Pat Riley though on the Lakers because he didn't no, actually. I'm, start I'm coach- talking about. I'm talking about. Oh, like, now uh, he was pretty fiery. He, he was pretty fiery for the for the Lakers and I mean the Knicks too in the '90s. So Pat Pat Riley was not. He was not a docile individual. He yeah. He he was pretty fired up. Right. Fair. Fair. But I'm wondering. So so they have Adrian Brody playing him in the show. And they have him made out to be like this loser. Where it's just yeah. like, he's got like this big mustache and this overgrown hair. And like he's just getting screwed by everybody. Like the other announcer doesn't want him to announce. Like he's, he's uh, Jerry, doesn't Jerry West take a seat on the flight? Like they like, like why is West yep. here? Like the, his job's in jeopardy. Jack yeah, McKin- McKin- McKinney does, wants nothing McKinney to do with him. Like do they see the writing on the wall that there's a potential like kind of – big figure coming on board here or like do we know much about riley's transition yeah i I haven't read perlman's book but i would assume that jack mckinney was threatened by riley's presence overall and i would assume that's probably not factually incorrect that the show was kind of looked at and that um yeah that that pat riley was a threat to mckinney's kind of whole position when he eventually showed up and did well like i think that's what they're kind of alluding to is that what and what west said he got fired from the team in 81 because magic johnson didn't want him and magic wow. johnson was asking for a trade oh so that's when pat riley was brought in so i think the they're just i think in the show they're kind of just planting the seeds for who pat riley is <laughs> again I, I i i haven't seen anything from pat riley commenting on the show because probably pat riley's too old to give a shit <laughs> but i i don't know if pat riley was this much of a dork in his post-playing career but that's kind of how they that's kind of they give him like the beatles mop top and yeah he looks like shit he doesn't look good he's like half the time covered in water or shaving cream yeah cleaning gutters like can't even clean the gutter like like he's got britta from community as his wife oh yeah yeah what's her name jillian uh jacobs jillian Jillian jacobs yeah yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's again. It's like it goes back to like the arc. You know, this is our Pat Riley arc. It's just kind of like a squirmy <laughs> little like announcer that finds out that he can coach and starts giving signals to Paul Westhead, and then he grows into kind of what he is. So, is I, I am, like, yeah. Where I wonder where they end. Do they end the season yeah. on the title? No, like I, they went well, like I'll Magic start, Johnson goes lines just, up at five positions and. Average yeah, is a triple double, and one of the most famous performances in NBA history. Right? I, I assume that's yeah. Where do you cap it off? Because eighty one was not a good year for the Lakers. They won again in eighty three, three, that's four. Because oh, 84, right? right? No, eighty two, eighty two. They go. It goes 80, 82, 85, 87. Boston beats them in eighty one. Yeah, or is it seventy sixers? Don't worry, don't I, you don't have to look. You don't gotta look it up because we gotta keep okay. going. We gotta keep moving. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right, but, right. but 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 like um. I wonder. So yeah, are we just gonna, like the All Star Game just happened in the in the show. We have two episodes left, so we're gonna have to move pretty fast to get to the finals, right? I think. We're, well, and I think that's kind of the reality is post All Star break and NBA seasons are pretty like just jockeying for playoff position, and then you know the playoffs kick off, and so I assume we're gonna get a whirlwind like by the end of the next episode. We're either in like you know conference semifinals or conference finals and we're getting close to like nba title time because i'm sh- they're gonna want to wrap the show up especially if the next season which they i don't know if it's any of this confirmed they're talking about kobe Shaq for the next season so if yeah. that is if if that is happening then they're gonna have to do a pretty quick job of wrapping this up which i assume will culminate with a with a lakers title and Jerry i don't think Buss. they're gonna do i was gonna bring that up later we, i guess we could talk about that now i don't think they can do Shaq kobe next season there's no fucking way like we just I, literally just set up all this stuff, all the contracts with all the actors. Too soon. Too soon. Do you mean in general? Jack, 
For Kobe Shaq, yeah, I just think, like, Shaq is still, like, he's on TNT every day. Like, I think it's kind of weird. Kobe, like, you know, obviously, rest in peace, passed away. Like, and he's 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 held in such a high regard now that, like, the, the level of criticism, like, you think it's going to be strong with Magic and Jerry and all these guys? Like, it'll be through the roof. Oh, they better, yeah. And, like, how, like, how do you cast those guys? Nobody looks like Kobe. Nobody moves like Kobe. You got to, like, have, like. And Shaq is tough, too. That's Shaq's not a, possible. Shaq was that's a monster. 300, 7-1-3-20, like. Yeah, you gotta cast that. You're gonna literally you're gonna hire, you're gonna have to hire dwarves in Lakers jerseys to like for the stunt people to make him look big enough. And like he's also it's also like Kobe was ruthless and Shaq was maybe a little dim. So you have to be able to get actors who are dim. Bit, like he's not reading Shakespeare anytime soon. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's fair. I think he was just Shaq liked to party and enjoy his off season. And then when he showed up Talk in the slow. camp. He talks slow. He's got that really deep voice. Like I talking about Shaq in the '90s versus Shaq now, maybe. But like he's not—he's not known to be like he's not like. I'm just like he's not the most articulate guy. Would you say? Uh, not of all people, but I mean, so sh- it, like sh- even us. That's what I'm saying. Even us talking about this right now, you have to tread lightly so we don't offend people. And <laughs> he's kind of a complex figure. How are you going to fucking hire an actor who's seven six three twenty, and you're going to have to be like, you have to play it kind of dumb, but not dumb because he's actually smart. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's like a hard role to play. Would you yeah, agree? Yeah. I, I think it's just, you know, maybe don't do it. <laughs> just don't do, just don't do it. Well, what's what, what other, what other Laker seasons could we get? Uh, I mean, we could do the we could do the the the, the lone. Co- we could do. I mean, if we were just to do Kobe post post Colorado rape yeah. case, oh, and just him scoring eighty one points and like just going nuts and like basically he's got a team of like Smush Parker and you know you, Kwame but, Brown and but you need Shaq uh, a bunch Brad. of basically a bunch of nobodies and you like need, he's just but you would need Shaq in a small role in that show anyways because he's gonna have to cross paths with Shaq. And yeah, just, it would be on the heat. I, 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 yeah, just don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's much of a story there, I think, is the problem. And I think the reason why the Lakers-Celtics is, is such a, you know, a thing that you can turn into a TV show is because it embodied the 80s. It was all the 80s was in terms of NBA basketball for the most part. I mean, um, and, and there is guys. a story. And there's a lot of characters. But I, I just, yeah, I don't know if 2000s basketball is worthy of a, of a, of a re-dramatization of, it's, of what happened. Yeah, it's hard to tell because it hasn't, it hasn't been written about and analyzed for 40 years the way that the eighties have. But, but I wonder, so you're like, you're, they already have all these guys, all the actors are there. They're all doing a good job. They're all good enough. Norm Nixon's son's there. Quincy Isaiah, Sullivan Hughes is playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You got John C. Riley as Jerry Buss. Can you imagine if they just closed up shop? They're like, not one season, one and done. We're going to, we're going to like, we have to now go out and scout an entirely new roster like, oh, that set we made for the forum that looks so much like the original forum. Don't worry about it. We're doing it at the Staples Center now. <laughs> like, it. It, it would make no sense. Um, but what about another team? Jail uh, Blazers in the early 2000s. Uh, or would you could you do could you do Reggie Miller? Could you do 1990 you- with the Knicks? You got yeah, you get Spike Lee, Spike Pat Lee, Riley, Ewing, all the celebrities, mixing some MJ. Yeah, that's probably the one. That would be like, awesome. Bad Boy Pistons, maybe. You got Cheryl Miller. The, oh, bad. The, you want the, well, the Bad Boys would be cool because now it becomes like anthology, and you could Bird's still in there, Magic's still in there. You get Michael in there. 
uh, and ultimately they win. And, and the Bad Boy Pistons were kind of like the transition team in terms of dominance. Like they won two straight yeah. titles. They kind of bridged like Lakers Celtics into Jordan Michael. Bulls. Yeah, yeah, and they were kind of the they were the like probably of all teams around like the league in the history of the league. They were probably the ultimate villain team. Like no people didn't like Isaiah people. Thomas. They literally just hit people. They just yeah, just like <laughs> commit assault on the basketball court. <laughs> they were well, good. They won two titles. Too. They were amazing. Was that? Uh, they were racist too. <laughs> Isaiah to bird, yeah. <laughs> um, what about the Magic? Could you do um, one one off Magic season, Penny and Shaq? Penny and Shaq? No, I don't see it. I don't think there's enough there. This young team just kind of comes through. Could you do war? What if they just did Warriors? Warriors, Cavs. <laughs> in, in, in twenty years, maybe. LeBron going. LeBron, Cavs to heat the decision. Could we do a season? LeBron, LeBron, LeBron at sixty plays himself in twenty years. <laughs> like, 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 we're not making this show unless it's me. We use the, the Irish, and that, the Irish, well, the, the aging, and, and, and then they'll make it. The, then they'll make his son play Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving will get angry. <laughs> um, should we talk about magic? We should talk about Magic because he's such a big part of the show. We haven't really done I, Magic. Think, yeah, I think they, I mean Magic again. Like came out and was like not happy with the performance and didn't like. He, he, I don't think he watched the show, right? He says he's not watching it. He's yeah. He's, I, I, he just put out a big documentary. He's put out a doc. He just put out a documentary that uh, was basically his last dance. And I'm pretty sure as a business move, he's trying to give Winning Time less press so people go out right. and watch his thing. But um, what's the deal with Magic Johnson? Like, like it's. You, the, even the the name Magic Johnson, you were like, oh, this guy is so dope. He's a classic player, a revolutionary player, a transformative player. Uh, has a really great reputation as a businessman. He owns all those Starbucks. He has that big production company. Yeah. I'm wondering because the show's making him out to be very likable, even though he's learning, maybe a bit volatile. Uh, not great at making decisions, though. A wizard on the court, ultra competitive. To, to, to most people, Magic is the man. Like um, I, I, Magic Johnson's pretty fucking cool, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but it seems to me like the people who really know the NBA intimately and who watch a lot of NBA and follow NBA Twitter, he's kind of a doorknob. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, tw- like on Twitter, yeah, Twitter. That's a you know to use a basketball idiom. It's a it's a layup. He is he is not well received bad, on Twitter. Bad Twitter. Bad Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, he's like your, ah, he's like your drunk uncle at the the Thanksgiving dinner, you know, that <laughs> just saying a bunch of stuff that you're kind of laughing at. What so do you mean? Well, okay, do you want to? I, I could. I pulled some Magic Johnson tweets in anticipation of us talking about Magic Johnson, so uh, right. I can I, I can read them off. <laughs> Here, I'll read you. I'll read you one. Okay, the only this is March 6, twenty fourteen, which is when the well, last LeBron deep. year. You dug deep. Oh, it's, these are the, the iconic ones, and you know they show up pretty fast. So, the, uh, Irvin Magic Johnson on Twitter, and I quote: "The only way San Antonio or Miami don't win the championship is if neither team makes the finals." Period. <laughs> I mean, it checks out. <laughs> that, so this is uh, this is the rep is that basically he tells you exactly what happened verbatim as if you're reading a Wikipedia article. <laughs> give me some more. Give me a couple more. Now I'm watching the Blazers versus Clippers game. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's, thanks. That's, but those are celebrity tweets. They're just like what I had for lunch today. Went to Disney last with, day. With, with Steph Curry on the floor, the Golden State Warriors are a championship team. Without him, they are still a very good team. Okay. Thanks, oh, so, yeah, he sounds like he needs a PR comms team. 
I, I think I, I think unfor- it's you know how Donald Trump like you can always tell when Donald Trump was tweeting and when like his PR team was tweeting. Yeah. Because like Don- Donald Trump tweeting, it's all I'm not I'm not trying to like rag on Donald Trump, but he would just you can always tell there's a lot of caps and he's flying off the handlebars and losing his mind. We can kind of tell that Magic is just the only guy with control of his Twitter account. <laughs> well, just- you should definitely you should definitely rag on Trump because he's. <laughs> A horrendous orator, <laughs> terrible, perhaps the worst speech speech writer, speech giver in the history of American politics. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, well, hey, Aaron, let's stick to sports. So. <laughs> but if, 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 but if, I mean, like you know, like you're not some Trump supporter. No, I'm not a Trump supporter, but it's kind of irrelevant. I it's, it doesn't doesn't matter. I don't support Joe Biden. I don't, I don't I don't support a lot of American presidents. So so, so should Magic Johnson. Hit the podium and run for president. How do you think that would turn out? I think he would lose very fast. I mean, just <laughs> prob- probably like his Lakers coaching career, he'd bow out after about two months because he realized he has no chance. Uh, do you have any Which more- kudos to Magic. He knows when to throw in the towel. You got any more tweets? Speaking of throwing, uh, the towel. Uh, no, it's that you get the point. You get the point. Uh, <laughs> so, so his Twitter. There you go. His his coaching career. I mean, he's also had that talk show that went really, really poorly. <laughs> Where the, uh, he, he tried to host his own talk show, The Magic Hour, that's I, become iconically bad. Like <laughs> every time he shows up on television, it just it's just goes doesn't go well. He called he called NBA games in in the late nineties, and it was horrendous. He just he couldn't do it. Um, he uh, his his Lakers executive career. He tried to run the team, and like the team won like thirty games every year that he was he was their executive, and then he just bailed out basically a couple days before the season. I think because LeBron pushed him out. Yeah, and then and then just recently he went on. I think he went on first take, uh, and and said that basically after the Lakers had lost, that he would have re-signed all these extra players. But it was like DeMar DeRozan and a bunch of players that they just wouldn't have been able to fit in the cap. So everything he was saying was just it was just like some old guy being like, oh, I would have signed all these great players and it would have gone well. It's like, well, this is not possible. So, yeah, Magic, unfortunately, I think he's just kind of we're all quietly just kind of laughing, maybe laughing and then maybe just ignoring him a little bit in his post playing career (laughs) is could you see revered as a basketball player? Could you you see Magic do inside the NBA with Chuck, Shaq, Ernie and Kenny Smith? No, is not enough seat, depth. Is there a seat for him at that table? I don't, and I, I also just I think that chemistry with those guys, Ernie, Chuck, Shaq, and Kenny is is really, really, really perfect. Like they've they've got something. They've been doing yeah. it for a long time. So for somebody to step in, like Draymond Green stepped in onto that panel. I think I like saw a, that. I think that a year ago, it was incredible. So there's guys that you know, like in their post playing career, could probably fit into those oh, kind of shows. Draymond was good. Draymond was good. Draymond was great. <laughs> Yeah, he's in a nice. He's, he 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 just seems fit for media. He's he's done interviews. He's hosted interviews. Like he he's kind of fit for that. But no, Magic, I think should just be a rich guy in LA. Um, <laughs> do you think Magic Johnson being so good at eating pussy in the show <laughs> <laughs> is a symbol of how he can distribute the ball? Because like literally, he's in the show. Every time he has sex, he's eating a girl out, and they're literally going. Ah! Like, yeah, like, like eyes are like, rolling to the, the back yeah, of their head. The, the tea kettle is like just fucking steaming, and he's literally just <laughs> got like two legs up on his shoulders, and he's just licking girls, and, and it's literally just like they're going nuts. Do you think that Adam McKay was like, "We need to be uh, some symbolism in here, make it give the make the show more sophisticated." Well, let's have magic be really good at eating pussy. <laughs> I, I I love the line of thinking. I mean, look. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, it fits. I mean, I don't, Adam McKay is—he's got a nice, you know, career and resume of movies that he's put together. So that would be a nice thought. But I think well, it's look, an easy. I think if we're, we're going to talk about like frontal sex scenes in TV shows. It's an easy way to not have them show any body parts. Ooh, he just, very good, Ian. So I, I think it's just an easy way for them not to have, you know, because I don't think like even though it's HBO, even though it's HBO, HBO. we've seen HBO, but they're not—they don't not trying to have some frontal scene with like you know. Like like, like five <laughs> minutes of sex. It's just like you know, cutscene, pussying. Like a Luther Vandross song, four minutes of just different <laughs> yeah. positions. Imagine Johnson has the smile, but like, like we're, yeah, we're not we're not getting Ray Allen and he got game just having like full on like threesomes <laughs> with like titties out. Yeah, no, it's not. I, I feel like yeah, that, but like it makes sense though, right? It's almost like he's a giver, he's a sharer. Like he, he like he can he knows it's, where to put he knows where to put the ball. <laughs> it's a nice thought. I I, I like it. <laughs> uh. Okay, so we're going to do the succession thing. I honestly think that we're running a bit long for time here, so we'll make the succession game a bonus track. But <laughs> but so we'll do we'll 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 cap this off and then we'll do a, we'll do one last kind of thing on that. But just to finish us off here, um, the Lakers thank God the show is out and that NBA fans are watching the show cuz it reminds everybody that how cool the Lakers are and how innovative they were as a team and as a franchise because my right. god they're terrible now <laughs> and and <Yep. laughs> shortly after the events of the show transpire we get a, perhaps the best team of the 80s would you say they are? Uh, yeah, they won. They won five titles. They're the best team in the eighties. Maybe the Celtics. No, but Lakers have like that panache, that show. They won. Show they, you win, if you win five titles in a decade, you're just the best team of the of that decade. And they only win. The Celtics win what? Two, three, three. Okay, so this this like by pure fucking math, they are a better team. Yes, Magic plays every year that they play. Uh, yeah, yeah. He won three MVPs, three Finals MVPs, five titles. Like, yeah, so they, Ma- they dominate. Magic leaves. Right, Magic obviously has to leave because he has HIV. His health is kind of going right. down the tubes. Nineties is Bulls. Lakers don't really get that much play. Right, they're obviously selling tickets. They're selling merch. They're big in LA. Yeah, it's, it's like whenever any like you know mega superstar <laughs> or multiple mega superstars age out and fall out of an NBA franchise, the teams just naturally kind of usually fall apart for a while. So yeah, they they weren't really good until uh, they drafted. Kobe and then recruited Shaquille O'Neal to play for their team. That was like when the Lakers started to turn oh, around. Back. So the, the back, na- baby, <laughs> yeah, they're back. The na- but the nineties was a down downtime. I think like the Lakers are still popular. Jack Nicholson's going to games. Like they have yeah. fans, but like they were not successful from a basketball perspective. Because as we know, the the nineties was Michael Michael, Gordon, Michael Aaron, and, and, and everybody else. So Shaq leaves, yeah. right? He goes yeah. to play for the Heat. Is that what happens? Is it not uh, right away? Yeah, po- Spurs, 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 po- right? Post, he goes Spurs, no, Spurs. No, po- no, 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 Heat, Heat. Heat, po- heat right post, away. Post, post Lakers, Shaq, you're yeah. talking. Po- as soon as Shaq leaves the Lakers, where does he go? The Miami Heat. Okay, so he goes so to he the go- Heat. He goes to the Heat. He wins the title in his second year with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade wins finals MVP. Right. This is like pe- this is interesting time, like peak of the referee scandals. Tim Donahue and some some legitimate guys, referees that were betting on games during that time. Okay. Um, and famously in an NBA finals where – I think the Heat shot like some crazy number of free throws in the finals, and they, they ended up winning. Um, so Shaq wins that, and then the Lakers are terrible. We get, obviously, the Kobe rape case in Colorado. Um, and then 
Kobe scores 81. It's that kind of just him against the world kind of phase. And then once they get Pau Gasol uh, in the 08, 09, 10, they make three straight finals and Kobe wins another couple titles. So that's that's kind of the full Kobe Shaq era. Then Kobe kind of kind of chills out a bit, right? Up until 2016, he's not – he still wants to win. He has that great game with – is it was Toronto then or is Toronto before? Toronto was pre – the 0809 period. It. I think it was 06 okay. against Toronto where he scored 81. So now we're in the 2010s. Kobe wins his last cha- wins his last championship. Now we're in the LeBron era and Kobe's kind of dwindling out. He's about- yeah, they age out a bit. They like Obviously, they try to keep it going when they sign Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. That famously blows up. Somehow they um, still suck. Right. Somehow they still suck. Well, Steve Nash was like every game he's on his back. Like he had yeah. an awful back injury. Dwight Howard, you know, is one of the least like superstars of all time in the NBA. So I just don't think he ever meshed with Kobe's competitiveness. And Speaking of smelly. The, the, the roster age dope. <laughs> What's that? Speaking of smelly. <laughs> uh, no comment. Um, and yeah, I mean, th- those Lakers teams in the 08, 09, 10 were amazing. They had Ron Artest, Metta World Peace, yeah. uh, Lamar Odom, Andrew Bynum. Fisher was kind of on his last legs. Uh, lot, lots of good players. Um, Luke Walton was still on those teams. Like they, they won titles with really good teams. Okay. Um, but they just the roster aged out. Kobe got older. He tore his Achilles up. Um, and ultimately, the the West was start still like the Mavs were coming up. The Spurs had their kind of second to last run where they were a really dominant team. Won a title. Yeah. Probably should have won two for for Ray Allen. Um, and yeah, the Lakers just got old. And but it was it was LeBron's league once once Kobe won that last title. And so when what, does when does LeBron get there? To LA, uh, twenty eighteen. Post twenty eight, yeah, fall of twenty eighteen. And they <laughs> like have not. I mean, they won in the bubble. I guess you can consider that, but it's been kind of a shitty Lakers era, has it not? With LeBron there. Yeah, I mean, LeBron is he's it's it's kind of the LeBron playbook. If you've looked at like the history of LeBron, is he shows up to an organization. It was even happened the Cavs. They sell every draft asset, every piece of usable capital capital that they can to bring in vets and bring in players that can win now and win championships. And once he sees the writing on the wall for that team, he takes off and goes to a new team. So in Cleveland, he did it. He knew he couldn't beat the Celtics, so he takes off to Miami, builds a super team with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. They do the same thing. They go to four straight finals. He wins two. 2014, when they lost to the Spurs, they got killed. They lost in five. I think the Spurs in game two shot like 90% from the field through like two quarters. They just weren't going to win. Dwayne Wade was uh, aging out. Chris Bosh was getting old. They didn't have the pieces. So obviously LeBron sees the writing on the wall. He goes to Cleveland. Kyrie... Trades Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love. They build that into their own little mini super team. Uh, they win a title. Yeah, he he kind of does what he said he was going to do. Uh, they probably should. The seventeen Cavs should have won a title, but Kevin Durant joined you know a seventy-three win Warriors team yeah. and ruined the NBA for two years. Okay. And then <laughs> LeBron goes to another Finals in twenty eighteen miraculously with J.R. Smith and <laughs> a bunch of nobodies. Uh, and then uh, yeah, he goes to L.A. because I mean LeBron. L.A. is just the NBA summer home for, like, 90% of the league. These guys go play basketball. They have production companies. They have media deals. Yeah, he's got, got like, his whole agency and his production company runs out of L.A. He's got two two or three houses there. Um, Kids kids go to school there, yeah. Yeah, his kids play AAU ball there. So, like, obviously he wanted to move to L.A., they, it's the biggest like walking kind of you know conflict of interest in the NBA is that LeBron like 
openly owns his own sports agency that operates within the league. So his his wingman right now in LA who can never stay healthy, Anthony Davis, they just look forced to trade out of New Orleans and get him to come to the Lakers which was just kind of a scam running at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, they, they were immediately good as soon as they got Anthony Davis and LeBron was healthy. They win a title in the bubble. Call it what you want. It's the title, though. Everybody was trying for it, and they won. So that's number four. But the roster aged out. They signed Russell Westbrook. Uh, Anthony Davis is constantly injured. LeBron's getting older. He's got, I think, the second most minutes all time. And, yeah, the Lakers just don't have it anymore. And they've they've spent basically just like every every LeBron kind of time at a franchise. It always just involves him blowing out all his assets and using everything he can, um, everything he can to actually go in um, and win a title right away. And, unfortunately, that's just over now because they don't have any more assets and there's no more moves left for the Lakers. Is it They owe Russ $47 million next year. It's not happening. They owe, done. They owe Westbrook $47 million. And he's widely – he's statistically the worst shooting guard of all time at his volume of shooting. It's just done. It's over. <laughs> so LeBron's either going to stick around in this bad Lakers team – or he's going to go find another team and move on. But my money says he probably sticks around another year because he so? likes living in L.A. Do you think it's selfishness? Uh, I think he's been pretty public about wanting to be considered the greatest basketball player of all time. So for him, the whole thing is that he holds these organizations hostage with, I need to win a title now, and if you don't, I'm going to sign a one- to two-year contract and I'll be gone. So they all feel a pressure of – they want to have LeBron James on their basketball team, so they all feel pressure to make it happen and kind of mortgage their future for it. But then he just bounces. Once they've, won the, once they've won the title or not, they've used up assets for years and years and years, and they can't retool. There's just no way. And then they have usually expensive veterans like Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony and Taylor Horton Tucker, <laughs> all these guys that are overpaid. LeBron doesn't want to be there anymore, and then they're just left as a corpse <laughs> to win 20 games, you know? Now they're not even in the playoffs. They didn't even make it to the playoffs. They, they didn't make the playoffs. Is, they didn't finish 500. Pretty embarrassing. For the Lakers, yeah. A LeBron James-led team didn't make the playoffs is pretty bad. But Anthony Davis is the guy to blame. I, I don't know if you want to call like injury proneness uh, his fault, but ultimately, at the end of the day, him being constantly injured. Every two weeks, he has a groin injury or an ankle injury, and the team works if Anthony Davis is healthy and playing 70 to 82 games. But he's never he's never there. So LeBron LeBron just can't carry a team like he used to. He just doesn't have the legs anymore. Right. But he's good enough to be the best player on a title team. He averaged thirty points a game this year. But just could not. This is the first time ever he has since he was joined the league where he's played a full season and not made it into the playoffs. Correct. Yeah, because he bailed out in 2018 when he didn't make the playoffs because he had like a groin injury, but it was just him and Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram not really getting a whole lot done. Um, and then his, 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 his rookie year with the Cavs, he didn't make the playoffs, but they were just the, they were. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in the league. So, so yeah, LeBron LeBron's been like basically a walking finals trip for a decade, <laughs> and, and the only reason they didn't make go farther is because the roster around him is just not as good, and he just can't carry teams like he used to. And do you like LeBron? <laughs> do, do I like LeBron? Straight up. I, I, I used to pull for LeBron in like the heat years because he was kind of the NBA villain. And I, I want I, there's something about seeing a guy in your generation put together like a Hall of Fame resume. Uh, the Lakers iteration of LeBron I do not like. It's it's just it's a lot of subtweeting and him just 
kind of just he's a little too high on life right now <laughs> and the lakers are bad and he seems to find a way to blame everybody else for all his problems which is probably fair that he does blame other people for their losing but yeah i don't love lebron in his current iteration ian thanks for being on the show your first pod i think you did really well and you brought you definitely brought the knowledge brought the skills is there anything that you want to cap us off with uh, no, man, I think we covered it all. I mean, uh, in terms of like current NBA and like the the playoffs right now, uh, I, I've never felt the NBA is more wide open than right now. It feels like you could make an argument for like six to eight of the teams currently in it that they could win the finals. Uh, if I was going to pick a finals, I'd probably go Celtics, Celtics Warriors at this point. But I, I don't think anybody's safe. I mean, we just saw it. We just saw the uh, the Nets get swept. Kevin wow. Durant's legacy, I do think, has taken a hit. <laughs> He's spent he's three years. Really, he's not terrible, but he's 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 spent three. He's been in Brooklyn for three years now. One of it was filled because he had he had an Achilles injury, so he didn't play. Yeah. But they've won one playoff series in three years. Kyrie Irving has played a combined hundred games. Uh, he, I think, you know, as much as we give LeBron shit for you know creating super teams and going to eight straight finals with these manufactured teams. At the end of the day, he did it right. He went to eight straight finals. He won four titles. Like he's he's done it well. KD, on, on the same breath, has tried to build these super teams. I mean, he did ruin the NBA for two years joining the Warriors. We, From day one of the season of those two Warriors titles with Kevin Durant, we knew day one that it was going to be Cavs-Warriors and the Warriors are going to win, and we were all correct. So as much as we rip on Kevin Durant or LeBron James for his team making, Kevin Durant has now ultimately moved into his phase where he chose to hitch his wagon to James Harden, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> and Ben Simmons. Those are the three guys that... Kevin Durant is now tied to for probably the next two to three years. Uh, and as we can see, the results have been really poor. So I, I, I think it's it's going to be a hit on Durant's legacy that he's probably not going to win a title for the rest of his career. And the only time he won a title was joining the best team in the league. So uh, fun, fun side plot. But I, I think Celtics over the Warriors in the in the in the finals is my pick. That's where your money's going. That's where if I was it. I mean, I am a betting man, so <laughs> Cap capital has been allocated already. Celtics are due. All right. Thanks so much, Ian. Well, uh, what a what a note to end it on. For if you have anything else, and you just go off for two minutes. <laughs> Sorry, I have a problem. <laughs> no, no, you have a solution. Let's apparently. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks, thanks, buddy. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Amen. Right,